Welcome to Australian Hiker, your online hiking resource. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 166 of the Australian Hiker podcast, and this week's episode's titled, Take a Hike. In 2016, well-known research company Roy Morgan undertook a study on hiking or bushwalking from an Australian perspective, and unsurprisingly found that the proportion of Australians who participate on a regular basis was on the increase. And in the five years prior to the study being released, they found that 27.3% of the population, which is 5.3 million Australians, class themselves as hikers. Now, from my perspective, what we see on the trail, uh, we both certainly have noticed an increase on the number of people that are getting out and hiking. And while many people may only hike every now and again, hiking is definitely an Australian pastime and one that people tend to do throughout their lives. As we release this podcast, it's 2020, uh, and it's been a bad year for a lot of people, but the impacts of COVID and the final uh, release to be able to get out and about again means that people have been looking for activities that not only get them out of the house, but also connects them with nature. Uh, And as far as uh, uh, an activity that does that and also provides social distancing, hiking is a perfect opportunity. Like any sport or hobby, there are do's and don'ts that greatly increase your enjoyment and safety, and hiking is no different. So this podcast is aimed fairly and squarely at new hikers, and is designed to provide a simple overview of the considerations to get out bush, in a manner that hopefully will increase your enjoyment, as well as reduce any anxieties or fears that you may have. Now I must admit, I was surprised, Australian Hiker Podcast has been going since 2016, Uh, And I really had thought that we'd covered hiking for beginners uh, and we'd done pretty much everything else, but we hadn't actually (laughs) talked about, hey, you're not a hiker, how do you actually get into it? We've we've sort of skirted around it in a number of different ways and a number of different podcasts and articles, but we'd never actually squarely released a podcast or article that was aimed at brand new hikers. So that's the intent of this episode. We hope you enjoy. Now, I'll give you a bit of context about what we're going to look at in today's episode. And I'll give you an example that probably is something that you may be familiar with uh, or something similar over your own life. So it's Saturday morning and the weather's perfect, so you decide to head to a local national park with friends to do a hike. While you occasionally go for a walk around your suburb or visit a scenic lookout, it's been a long time since you've been out bush. And the group you're travelling with is pretty much the same. So to make things easy, you decide to do a simple day walk. Nothing complex, but it's longer than the usual 20-minute walk you might do around your suburb. None of your group owns any specialised gear, uh, but your chosen walk doesn't require any overnight equipment, such as a tent or a sleeping bag or a stove. Having said that, there seems to be so much to think about. So where do you start? So what we're going to do is look at things to consider for first-time hikers. Now, first up, the comment I would make here is keep things simple. 
When you first start hiking, uh, you have two main options. The first is to go with an experienced hiker, uh, a bushwalking club or a commercial group that can show you the ropes. The second option is to go it alone, and you don't physically have to be alone, but by this I mean you head off by yourself or with others who are inexperienced, and you start out by simply uh, doing easy hikes without much that don't require much thought and building up your experience. And probably the main thing to consider here is choosing hikes that are easy to access. And certainly our focus in, in, the, in the hikes that we review, we try and pick hikes that are designated hiking trails that are relatively easy to locate uh, and also don't require too much thought from a navigation perspective. Choose hikes that are short in length um, and choose hikes that have mobile phone coverage. Now, it seems fairly logical, but it's quite surprising how often people will choose hikes or try and do hikes that are way beyond their physical ability. Um, so keeping things short and even starting off with a one or a two kilometre hike, if it's been a while, is probably a good way to go. Yeah, this is an interesting one. And I think, you know, it it's okay to prove yourself, um, but but we have to remember that this is supposed to be enjoyable. So if you start uh, shorter and simpler, you're likely to come back and you're likely to, you know, uh, do it again or um, extend your, your experience a little bit more. Um, if you do something too difficult too soon, uh, that will just leave you with a, um, a bad memory um, of a difficult time and you may not come back. And that leads us on to the next consideration, and really that's, are you fit to hike? Now, we talk about choosing hikes that you know are within your own or your group's level of fitness. Now, if you struggle to walk to the kitchen in the morning, then, <laughs> then choosing a hike that's going to take hours to complete isn't probably a good choice. We found that the most popular hikes on our website are those under 10 kilometres in length, and usually it's those between around about the three to six kilometre length. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I think for a lot of people, they look at that and think, that's a reasonable sort of distance. I think I can manage that quite comfortably. Uh, once, you know, anything shorter than that, I think people think, yeah, like that's pretty easy. Anything longer, and people seriously start doubting their own ability. Um, and if it's been a long time since you've walked those sort of distances, choosing that sort of length of hike works really well. So the next thing you need to do is think about the weather. And um, we've all become a little bit fixated with those weather apps on our phones. Um, this is when you really need to be looking at um, what, what's happening today and what might change during the day. I think the main thing is, though, um, you might set out in the morning and it's sunny and it's warm and it's lovely don't expect it to be that way all day. So be prepared. Be prepared for it getting a bit cooler, for the possibility of rain, um, for pretty much the conditions changing from uh, what it was like when you set out. And I think this is one of these sort of things that if you're into boating or fishing, you're probably used to checking the weather conditions in most cases. But for a lot of other activities, we tend not to think about it so much. Hiking is another one of those activities where checking the weather can be really critical uh, and it can even be one of those things that can save your life in some instances. 
And I'll use an example here. We, um, on a Christmas day, I think it was around about 10 years ago, we actually went up to Kosciuszko National Park. We stayed at one of the resorts for a few days uh, and decided to have Christmas up there by ourselves and do some do some short walks. It wasn't anything complex. We weren't camping. It was just just a bit of a, a bit of a, the the glamping type experience where we you know we wanted a nice accommodation, but we also wanted to go walking. We actually went up the uh, the chairlift at Threadbow uh, and did the Mount Kosciuszko Summit Walk. Now, that, keeping in mind, this was Christmas Day. Um, by mid to late morning, it was around about 25 degrees. By the time we'd, we'd, we were coming down, the temperature had dropped down to about 6 degrees. Yeah, yeah. So a storm front had moved in. We were passing families with very young children wearing these lovely little sundresses and sandals that were still heading up and it was 6 degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen it so often where people tend to think, oh, yep, this is what the temperature is. It's going to stay the way or it might drop slightly. Uh, but in some areas like the Australian Alpine region, it's not unusual to have extremely large drops in temperatures over fairly short periods. Changeable is probably the understatement. It is. It is. So, I mean, that that's certainly an extreme example. But if you look at the weather map and you think, okay, there's it's forecast for uh, a rainstorm to come through, uh, and you know you can generally assume in most cases, unless you're in the tropics, that the temperature is going to drop. Uh, and do you have rain gear with you? Doesn't mean you can't not hike, but it just means that you need to think about the conditions and what impact that's going to have on you. And this leads us on to the, the next consideration, which is dressing for success. We quite regularly talk about layering, layering for comfort, uh, and by what we mean by that is. Choosing the gear that you need for a hike. And I think there's a, a saying that's used in a lot of sports is there's no such thing as bad weather, there's bad clothing choice. Uh, and certainly from a perspective of hiking, that if you're going to be in an area where the weather can be quite changeable, having the appropriate gear is really something that's going to make sure you have a, a safe, enjoyable time. And we're not just talking about the cold here, we can also be talking about the heat. So you're better off having a series of layers that are easy to change. If you've just got a T-shirt and a full-on winter jacket, that's lovely if the temperature is freezing cold. But if all of a sudden it warms up unexpectedly, you know the, the option is you either stay really hot inside his big down jacket or you strip it off and you freeze to death in a T-shirt. So having a series of layers you can progressively move to make you comfortable makes a big difference. Carry rain gear, even if there's a remote possibility of wet weather, it'll not only protect you from the, the rain itself, but it'll also keep you protected from the wind, which, you know, wind chill can often be just as big an issue as as getting wet. And the next point is about water. And um, a lot of places that you might consider going hiking, uh, there won't be an available water source. So you need to carry your, your own water um, you need to make sure you've got that when you're walking um, as well as have a, uh, a backup in the car for when you get back. If it's summer, you need to allow around one litre per hour. Uh, this depends on the temperature, air temperature, as well as the level of exertion. So if you're moving pretty fast, uh, you, you'll, you might want uh, a little bit more than that. Um, in the cooler part of the year, 
um, one litre for every 10 kilometres probably would suffice, particularly if you've got a backup at the car um, for when you return. And I think from my perspective, these are figures that we recommend. And you know, it's not a hard and fast rule. You may find you can get away with less than that. You may need more. But these are figures that we've worked uh, over a period of years work well for us. So it's a, it's a good starting point. Yeah, and there's, there's, for most people, there'd be plenty of buffer in there as well, which is also what you want. Um, the other thing to uh, think about is make sure everyone has their own water. So there's often you see one person carrying a pack with uh, a bottle of water and there might be one or two other people with them. Um, not carrying a pack and and not having uh, their own water. One one litre between three people isn't going to go very far. No. You, and you have to be very friendly if uh, you're going to be sharing your, your bottle that way. And the next thing we're going to look at is food. Now, everyone gets hungry when they walk. During the walk, uh, when you stop for a break, and particularly um, at the end of the walk. So if it's not an overly long walk, snacks are fine. Things like a chocolate bar, uh, fresh fruit or dried fruits are terrific. Um, if it's longer, you might want to think about lunch. Um, sometimes we think about lunch even if we think we're probably going to be okay, um, but we're not quite sure. We, we think the hike is a bit particular distance, it might be six kilometres, we think we'll be fine. Um, but if we get distracted by something along the way and we discover that, uh, you know, it's now lunchtime and we haven't quite finished, it's always nice to have a bit of extra food in your pack to be able to just sit and enjoy your lunch and enjoy the scenery. Um, the alternative is to get back to the car and have your lunch while you're sitting in the car, which is not quite the same. <laughs> I must admit, I mean, we've done walks in the past and, and a good example was a walk we just did uh, uh, a week before we did this podcast. It was only a four and a half kilometre walk and it took almost two hours. And that's that's a long time. I mean, even for someone that's unfit, you know, it's a long time for a hike. But I think, you know, we just found things that we really interested us. Yeah. We, we stopped and had a look at. Um, so we spent a lot more time than... Than the uh, than the, the the length of the hike actually dictated walking, uh, you know. Had we have just shot out to the destination point, turned around and come back, we probably do, would have done it in forty or fifty minutes less than we actually did. And uh, at the moment, with um, the change in uh, seasons and uh, the rain that we've had, the wildflowers are just stunning, and so we do seem to be stopping. Uh, every few metres to look at another flower and take a picture and um, discover more fungi or what, whatever might be uh, uh, taking our attention. Now we'll get on to talking about equipment and I will, we'll talk about it very basically to start with. We'll go into it in more detail in a few minutes. My comment here would be make do with what you have around the house if you're just starting out. Now, we do gear reviews. I have probably more gear than five or six hikers have. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, and that's just, that's just me. Uh, but yep. <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you're first starting out, you know, there's nothing that says, look, you have to go out and buy all this brand new gear uh, and you find out you don't like it. 
Um, you know, in, the most important thing is sturdy, comfortable shoes um, and shoes you don't mind getting dirty or muddy. Um, and we, we're, Jill and I are both fans of trail runners, but that's purely a personal choice. Certainly from a, an old school perspective, if you like, there are still a lot of people that use sturdy leather boots. Um, they certainly are more durable. Uh, they give a bit more stability to the ankles, uh, but they also are a bit more exerting to use. So it really is a matter of what suits and what you're comfortable with. Yeah, and you'll also see, I think, the, the probably most popular choice is the, the hybrid boot, um, so slightly lighter than the heavier boot, but still not a, a trail runner. Um, and, you know, as Tim says, um, you don't, don't put barriers unnecessarily in, in your way. If, uh, if you want to get out and give it a go, um, make do. You, you will be amazed at the stuff that you've got around the house um, that you don't mind uh, sacrificing to, um, you know, a, a bit of sweat, sweat or, you know, a bit of dirt or whatever it might be. And by the way, you can wash most things anyway. <laughs> Just to help people along here, if you go to the show notes for this podcast episode, episode 166 on the Australian Hiker website, we have both Jill's and my day hiking gear lists. Now, we don't necessarily take everything on the list for every hike, but this is our, our pick list, if you like, and we look at uh, what's on there, what we might need for a particular hike, uh, and that's typically what we will take. Um, this is what Jill and I like and use. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that it will suit you or that you will like, but use it as a guide. Yeah, and, you know, we have built up the lists over many years now, and uh, there are lots of personal preferences on that list that uh, – um, you know, other people may not agree with. Now on to the thing that probably most new hikers worry about the most, and that's snakes. Um, as I said, this is probably the biggest fear for new hikers. Um, if you hike often enough, if you go to areas that may not even be that remote uh, on a regular enough basis, you will see snakes. Um, now, last year, so 2000 and uh, 19, uh, the end of sorry, also the, the the end of 2018 in through to winter 2019, I saw so many snakes, probably more snakes than I'd seen in the the previous five years combined. I didn't, um, and I including <laughs> I didn't I didn't see snakes. I don't know, <laughs> including on on uh, I had on uh, one hike that I had. Uh, I think I saw about three or four on the one hike. The all the conditions were just fine. Having said that, the last 12 months, I have not seen a snake. Uh, and it's you know just the way the weather's been coming into uh, late spring, heading towards summer, um, I have been expecting to see snakes on the trail and just with the way the weather's been, haven't seen any. Uh, I'm sure that will change at some point, but as I said, you go through periods where you see them, periods when you don't. Yeah, we were um, uh, planning a hike just recently with a – a friend who's visiting from overseas and um, he uh, announced to me that uh, he, he was going to wear shorts on, on the hike and um, I had this moment where I thought, oh, do, do, I, do I tell him that, you know, maybe long pants are a better option? 
And uh, in the end, uh, because of a number of uh, reasons, for a number of reasons, we didn't go on that particular hike. Um, and then afterwards we were talking and, and he said, you know, um, you, you had a funny look on your face when I mentioned I was going to wear shorts. And he said, what was that about? And I said, well, you know, I thought you would have been a bit brave because of the snakes. And he he's, he just said, snakes? <laughs> you were taking me where there are snakes? It's like, yeah, this is the Australian bush. There are snakes. <laughs> anyway. And I think what this comes down to is basically leave them alone and they will generally leave you alone. Uh, and we do have a, a specific article uh, on snakes. And again, the link for that will be in the show notes. So the last thing that we'll talk about before we get on to uh, more about the gear is make sure you tell someone that you're going on a hike and then tell them uh, when you're back. And that sounds like a really obvious thing, but, uh, you know, the comfort of having someone thinking about you who is reliable to make sure that if you don't turn up at a certain point in time or you don't make the phone call at a by a particular point in time, um, they will care enough um, to do something, okay? Um, so it's quite quite important, really obvious, but sometimes we forget about that. Um, and the other thing that we tend to forget about sometimes is to make that call when we're actually back and, uh, you know, we're too busy enjoying um, a cold drink um, or a warm pie or whatever it might be at the the nearest shop that they uh, we drive past um, and we forget to make the phone call uh, to tell your reliable person that you're safe and sound. So now we're going to talk more specifically or more in detail about relevant pieces of gear and we, we could spend hours doing this and we certainly have in previous yeah, podcasts. Tim could spend hours doing this being the, you know, self, self-designated self gear freak, yes. So basically what you will carry on a day hike is going to depend on a number of factors and that's going to be the length of the hike, the weather, the terrain, the time of the year and just your personal preferences. Um, we recently did a hike which is basically an urban hike and all we basically carried uh, was a drink bottle, and that was about it. Um, because we were within sight of another individual the entire hike, um, and we didn't have to worry about getting lost. Um, but and passed passed a few cafes along the way, so you know, <laughs> I did I did have my credit card in tucked into my um, pocket. <laughs> but I think yeah, you know, there is a bare minimum of gear that you'll need, and we'll talk more specifically about those now. So the first one is clothing, uh, and again, there is lots of wonderful specialised hiking gear, um, but really what you need is clothing that is comfortable and that will keep you protected from the sun and warm enough for whatever the expected conditions may be. So if it's the middle of winter, uh, you don't want to wear tights, but in the middle of summer, that may be fine. We do recommend long pants. Um, that's for more for to do with sun protection, uh, protection from sticks and twigs, and also protection from snakes. Uh, but in all honesty, I think I'm probably, or uh, we're probably in the minority here. Um, Jill does wear shorts occasionally on hikes, uh, but it, it is extremely rare for me to wear shorts. Um, I, I've worked outside for most of my life. I'm very conscious about being sun smart. 
uh, and having long pants is just something I've always been used to doing. If you are wearing long pants, steer clear of jeans. And the reason for that is that jeans tend to be very hot and uncomfortable when it is in the middle of summer. Wintertime, if they get wet and it's windy, mm -hmm. you can lose body heat quite quickly. So, you know, jeans are fine if you're only doing a walk around town. But if you certainly are going out bush, look at something that's, uh, that's not denim material. Backpack, the most obvious one through here. Uh, and really, you just want a small pack that fits what you have to carry. Now, I think I can almost be safe here in saying that every household in Australia will have at least one backpack lying around the house. Doing nothing. Doing nothing in yeah. most cases. Yeah, in addition to the ones that you probably use, <laughs> there's probably a few others. Um, if anyone's been to a, a conference over the last five years, that's that's been the... Uh, normal gift pack of choice. Um, yeah, so <laughs> we'd be really surprised if you didn't have a few. So basically don't buy a new pack until you know what you want and need. And partly that's because of size uh, more than anything else. Um, it's tempting to go out and buy the biggest pack you can find. But if all you're ever going to put in there is a bottle of water and some sunscreen and your keys, you don't need anything exceptionally large. And there is just so much choice on the market, um, you know, doing a bit of hiking to start with, working out what it is you do and what you need will make your selection much easier. So back on water and you need something to carry your water in, the obvious options are a bottle um, or a bladder. Um, now, bottle's pretty easy. Um, again, everyone's probably got some kind of lightweight bottle, drinking bottle that uh, they can uh, put in a side pocket of a, a back backpack. Um, the bladder is a little bit more complex because if you're going to go the bladder, then you actually need to have a harness or you need to have um, a backpack that can take your bladder in a comfortable way. So that's starting to get a little bit more specialised, but you may, you may have a bladder that you borrowed from a friend and a pack that you borrowed from a friend and, and that will be fine. But choice is purely yours. Footwear. Now, this is probably the thing that is, in, in some respects, is probably the most important piece of gear that you'll ever buy. Uh, it's probably the most, in most cases, it's probably the first purchase that you're likely to make. But when you're first starting out, a pair of runners that are lying around the house is fine. Um, and as I said, you know, Pick something that you don't mind getting dirty or, or muddy or wet uh, because that's a, a strong possibility depending on where you're hiking. Yeah, and as long as they still fit and if they've got reasonable, good, reasonably good support. And I think, you know, as you said, once you're convinced that this is something you really want to do, a dedicated set of hiking shoes of some type that fits comfortably, um, this is the thing that you're, as you said, it's probably going to be one of the most important pieces of purchase uh, and one of the first things you'll purchase as well. Uh, hat, uh, again, easier said than done here. I am follically challenged if you've seen a photo of me. Uh, so something that protects your head from the sun and also keeps the sun out of your eyes. Um, definitely take a hat with you. Um, I will tend to wear different hats at different times of the year. It is rare that I wear a wool beanie of any type. Um, having worked outside most of my life, my tolerance to cold is actually quite good. Um, but in most cases, um, it's, it's, as I said, it's just a, a, a peaked hat uh, in wintertime. 
in summertime, I'll end up with a, a broad brim style of hat uh, that gives you plenty of protection all the way around my head. Yeah, and for me, I usually wear a sun visor. Um, that works well for me. Um, I might put a floppy hat over the top of that if it's particularly hot. Um, if I have uh, pulled my hair back and exposed my ears, uh, then I might wear a brimmed hat rather than the sun visor. So, you know, uh, just just think about all the bits that might be sticking out and getting sunburn or, you know, getting roasted by the sun. Sunglasses, again, an obvious one. Um, but, you know, if you spend a lot of time outside, having something that protects the eyes is pretty important. So next one is uh, you have covered up, you've got a hat, you've got long sleeves on, um, but you might also want to um, consider sunscreen for those parts of you that are still exposed. So, you know, particularly things like your hands. Uh, for some people, uh, even if they've got a hat on, uh, their nose gets burnt um, or sometimes you just get wind burnt. So you need to be able to um, cover up. So sunscreen, uh, a water-resistant SPF 30 plus um, is important and sometimes insect repellent depending on where you're going. So uh, it could be to distract the flies or or you might be in a particularly wet area where there are lots of mosquitoes. And then we're on to a first aid kit. Now, first aid kits are those things that you have just in case. And uh, we've carried a first aid kit on day hikes for many, many, many years. And thankfully... We've never had to uh, go searching in the small pack um, and and get it out and use it. Um, so, you know, that that's a good thing, but we always have it just in case. Um, so, you know, make sure you've got a decent basic first aid kit. And there's a link in the article um, attached to this episode um, that will give you some guidance on how to put together a first aid kit and what you might want to include in it. The other thing to think about as well is um, toilet paper and a trowel uh, because sometimes you've just got to go. Uh, now, if you're hiking in areas where there are toilet facilities available, and probably I would suggest doing that when you're first starting out, pick an area that either has a toilet at the trailhead or even some hikes that are around that will have toilets facilities on the trail itself and there are a few hikes like like that and in most states of Australia that you've got access to but as you start going on longer hikes you start going more remote um, the toilet facilities become few and far between and sometimes you will need to go during the hike uh, and think about the logistics involved with that um, you know, as I said if you're going to be uh, only doing a two kilometer hike in most cases you're fine uh, but if you're going for a, an all-day hike, it's something you need to think about a bit more more, more often. And even if you're going to use the facilities, I'd still suggest you have toilet paper with you. Uh, you can't guarantee uh, that those facilities will have paper on hand. And um, uh, we were at um, Bungonia National Park during the, the COVID um, uh, lockdown in... Um, New South Wales and uh, the National Park uh, people were saying they'd just been hammered with visitors as soon as people were able to get out and they couldn't keep up with the toilet supply, <laughs> sorry, the toilet paper supply. 
Um, so, you know, always take your own. Um, and I think we said that your, your shoes were probably the most important thing. Um, shoes and uh, toilet paper are probably equal in my view. <laughs> Okay, so that's a brief introduction to hiking for first-timers. There is certainly so much more to learn and so much more in-depth information that we have that goes into every one of the topics we've talked about today on our website. But this just puts it all together in a short, sharp overview of of considerations. So as mentioned, as, as an overall comment, if you're new to hiking, take things slowly particularly if you're doing so without assistance, if you're learning on your own. Build up your fitness and skills and knowledge as you go. And in relation to gear, take your time with with the way you make your purchases. Uh, Work out what it is you need or you think you need. Talk to friends. Talk to people in the stores uh, and and get a variety of opinions. Um, Just because we recommend something or say something that suits us really well, but it may not suit you. So you know, get a variety of opinions to see what, what's likely to work for you. And I think for me, you know, the main thing is um, just, you know, put together a little plan and get out and, you know, enjoy. Um, you know, you can paralyse yourself by thinking it through too much and, uh, you know, Uh, making sure you've got the right stuff and you're going to the right place and to get the perfect experience. But, you know, sometimes, uh, as as we did recently, we stopped along the Hume Highway um, 50 metres in and went for a walk and had the most amazing walk through uh, the bush with, you know, the stunning array of wildflowers and orchids in particular so sometimes you just need to get out and do it that's all for this week's episode we hope you've enjoyed next week's episode um it may seem a bit early but next week's episode is christmas gift ideas for hikers (laughs) Uh, and now there is a method to our madness for going so early here this is an opportunity for you to drop hints to friends and family who might be looking at buying you christmas presents Uh, i'm sure you there's there's you can buy your own but if you're trying to get someone else to buy you something uh, here's an opportunity for uh, to encourage the family members to listen to this next episode yeah and if you you're still not able to get out and about well you can encourage them to uh, buy online and have it delivered just in time for christmas <laughs> okay that's all for this week bye for now and bye from me mm-hmm.